You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Side quest, side sesh. Uh, just as we were warming up here, we were uh, treated to a, a rather beautiful rendition of uh, a classic Aaron Neville hit. Um, <laughs> Matthews, dulcet tones. Matthew, what was it again that you were rocking? Uh, I I was just responding to the group. We were just we went on a like we went through three different songs about love mm-hmm. and what we knew. <laughs> So I had to admit that I don't know much, <laughs> but I know I love you. But who were you? Who were you specifically referring to when you said "I know I love you," Francis? Ah, yeah. <laughs> yes, behind the scenes. So you started singing that, and then we all started joining in, and we did a couple bars, and then I realized that I always, sometimes if I'm trying to think of Aaron Neville's name, I think of Peebo Bryson. I, for some reason, I confuse Peebo Bryson and Aaron Peebo Neville Bryson, in my head. Of Beauty and the Beast fame. Of Beauty and the Beast fame. But then I'm like, what the hell did Peebo Bryson sing? So I Googled Peebo Bryson, and of course you see Beauty and the Beast, but then I saw this other classic. Do you remember this one? If ever I'm in your arms again, hell this yeah. time I love you forever. I mean, I want to stop recording and just listen to that song for 10 hours straight. That was a special time. It was. It's a great you song. just want to just want to stream Peebo for the rest of the day? I want to stream, stream Bo. Slow dancing at the junior high school dance, getting an erection, having that be having that be a terrible, awkward moment where you run into the bathroom. Crying, you mean when you were a kid, right, Jared? It. Hitting yourself. I'm a bad boy. I'm a sinful boy. Mother, mother will be angry with me. I think we've all been, we've all been through that. We've all been through that. It's what it's what the song is about that I was singing. It, it perfectly encapsulates that. I think experience. the lyrics are pretty clear. Let me ask you this: Speaking of school school dances, were you the type that was just like? dance starts and you're like i'm asking her to dance or were you like me i'm gonna ask her to dance and then wait the entire school dance and ask for the last song out of yeah i was i was a coward i was scared yeah for sure yeah definitely closer to the latter than the former yeah (laughs) definitely the latter i was an absolute coward uh just a pure fear of rejection that was only based on a history of constant rejection (laughs) well then okay well then the other thing that would happen is at some point in the dance a girl i was friends with or something like can you just i I need a dance partner i'd be like and i would like go awkwardly dance and then i would spend the rest of the dance being like should i ask her to dance again (laughs) and then be a coward and wait till the absolute last second and then she usually already had a dance partner or they'd be like, "Will you dance with Stacy? No one will dance with Stacy. <laughs> Poor Stacy. Yeah, no, I, I think I <laughs> she was <doesn't> Stacy. <laughs> yes. I think I usually was Stacy in this scenario. You were the Stacy. <laughs> I was the Stacy. If you're not sure who the Stacy is at the dance, you're the Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what about you? Uh, were you? Uh, did you not attend the school dances? Were you the I DJ? The, I was the king of Sadie Hawkins. <laughs> that was 
That was my main tactic was just to wait for the Sadie Hawkins dance and go to that one. That's the one where the 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 young lady would ask the gentleman. Yeah. Right. Uh god, yeah, I don't think I ever asked a girl to dance at a dance ever. It's terrifying. Smart. In high in high school at that age. Safe. Yeah, I went to an all boys high school, and so they would just like they would. It was open invite for uh, young ladies to go to the dance. So a bunch of strangers would show up from like area schools to the gym with the horniest young men ever put in a room together <laughs> in the history of the United States. And it's just like ah, and so you'd you'd search through the car, you'd do your loops with your nerdy friends, and you'd finally find like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask her, and I just fucking wait until like five minutes to nine. <laughs> they want to dance. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being at a, one of these dances and I can't remember what grade I was in. I want to say sixth or maybe seventh grade or something like that. And there was this girl who was so pretty, uh, but she was also the girl that kissed all the boys. And oh. uh, I danced Same with more. her one time and she kissed me. So this is my first kiss now. And wow. she kisses me deep. Oh. And I was like, this is the greatest thing that has ever <laughs> happened to me in my life. And then I thought that we were boyfriend and girlfriend and uh, that we would be that way forever. But it was about a week and then it was over, sadly. Oh. But yeah, I mean, it was amazing. But yeah, she definitely had – she liked to kiss all the boys. <laughs> well, good for you, Joe, because I didn't kiss a woman until I was 27 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you were too busy running to the bathroom every time you got an erection. Yeah. <laughs> bad boy. Bad boy. <laughs> Mother would be displeased. Mother. Mother. Uh yeah, that uh, she kissed all the boys. So you, you, that was your first kiss. Certainly not hers. Certainly not hers. Yeah, but I was very grateful. And, and you uh, and you fared so well that you lasted a whole week. Yeah, yeah. I remember. God, it's just so funny. A week thinking it, about how old? How old? I think sixth grade. I want to say oh, sixth or seventh. A wow. week is a great. That's a Dude, great. It was like an eternity. Yeah. I rode my bike over to her house every day. We like hung out in her backyard and talked and chatted and stuff. And then like I'd leave before her dad got home. Because I was terrified. <laughs> yeah, it was just, uh, it was so funny thinking back on that kind of stuff. But yeah, it felt like it sh- like she was my first girlfriend. You know what I mean? And yeah. Like it was Meanwhile, maybe other a guys week. were just coming over to make out with their <laughs> exactly. like, The other guy had now. just left. I'm like, whose bike is that? She's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> She's like, you have, to, you have to leave before Tommy, I mean, my dad gets here. <laughs> yeah, as you're pulling away, she's making out with her dad. What is going on with this young lady? <laughs> is she there is like a, a complicated defining... woman. <laughs> is there like a defining song? If you think back to your middle school dances, is, yes. it, is it Peebo Bryson? Because for me... It's uh, Aerosmith. Don't want to miss a thing. Oh that was, God, um, that's so much I later. Don't cry. That's, yeah, yes. you're yeah. you're a that's, bit younger. You're a bit yeah, younger. Yeah, that's Armageddon. For me, it's uh, uh it's Lady and Red. That was Lady, Lady and Red every freaking day. <laughs> you born in the 1970s? I guess mine yeah. would be. I was. Wherever, yeah. wherever <laughs> you go, whatever you do, I will be right here waiting, waiting for, for you. you. You're bringing me back. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying so to dramatic. think so. This would be mid 90s. I mean, even people, Bryson, I think if ever I'm in your arms again, it's 80s. So that would be, yeah, I guess that would be, that was close to, I graduated uh, grade school in 92, eighth grade, 92. So yeah, 
88, 89 was like my first school dance. What were the great love songs of 1988? Uh, uh, the End of the Road, Boys to Men. That was a oh, big Oh, lots one. of Boys to Men. There we boys go. How about God a little groovy kind of love by Phil Collins? The Road. Yeah, I imagine every time Boys to Men came on at a Philadelphia high school, everyone Dude. just started high step. <laughs> yeah. They were like, they're ours. We made them. <laughs> we made them. <laughs> oh, they I were remember birthed the from the womb of Philadelphia. <laughs> It was Brian Adams' hit song from uh, Robin Hood. Oh, yes. Oh. Everything I do. Which I, yes. I learned how to play on piano. I do it for I did too, you. actually. It was oh, like, that man. was a sheet music. Wait, that's the song I meant to sing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just repeated the Peebo song, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I, meant to, I meant that Brian Adams song. Look into my eyes. <laughs> you, you will find. Yeah, you will find. <laughs> You know what I liked? It was romantic, but also there was an there was a Robin Hood component at least. There was you know? a Robin yeah. Component. yeah, there yeah. Had, uh, there was an adventure. It was adventure uh, adjacent. Yeah, and I loved uh, Maid Marian. Like in that movie, when I was a kid, like that love story, I was like, "She's the perfect woman." Like she was just so <laughs> badass and cool. Joe, Joe had a poster on his wall of Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. <laughs> Master Antonio, <laughs> just like Master Antonio. There was another song. The there was another song that came out of that film with Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting. It was called "All for Love." Like, yeah. do it. Oh, oh those three Musketeers. Those three Musketeers. Yeah, do yeah, it. Three was- Musketeers. Oh, for- one and all for love and the video was them just getting wasted and harassing women <laughs> i never saw the video of that. i don't know i didn't know that do it all for <laughs> anyways classic love songs and i'm sure this video will be taken down from twitch vod <laughs> you were so perfectly on pitch that the robots so are gonna pitch. yeah curiously enough brian adams and people bryson share an attorney and he'll be contacting us he will be contacting her shortly. <laughs> Hello, I represent it, the estate of Brian Adams and Peebo Bryce. <laughs> but in the court case, they'll find that we were so off key that it doesn't actually count as copyright infringement. Right. Yeah, it'll be like the whole pr- trial process will be super embarrassing for us, but it'll technically be a win. Yeah. <laughs> right, like they'll just say, would you please uh, play for the jury? Matthew's yeah, a recording of, of him singing. <laughs> Everything I do. <laughs> then we have a surprise witness, Aaron Neville. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the surprise. Much, <laughs> but I know you must have quit. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the real twist was going to be the surprise witness was the, the girl that Joe made up with. <laughs> like a character witness. She's like, I actually have a lawsuit pending as well. <laughs> Doors to the courtroom open up. And he's like, Jennifer? And this 45 year old woman from Philadelphia walks in and is like, Yeah, I made out with him for a week. Yeah. <laughs> trust me. He's not guilty. <laughs> that took oh my a turn. God, that's so funny. Well, speaking of taking a turn, Ugh. last week's episode, which we recorded in real time four months ago, <laughs> took quite that's a true. turn. Yeah, we connected to, to Hang here, and Jared was like, what game are we playing, and what is going on in the story <laughs> at all? Yeah, it's, it's been a what's while. What's the name of my character? Yeah, you, uh, you, you got into the vaults. Uh, Lelgeshin, uh, the, the sort of uh, advisor to King Wabiki's, turned on you. He was using you to get into the vault because people of Bopan, people with uh, Bopanese blood cannot bypass the traps of the vault. So he used you to get in and then he turned on you. You laid him out and his mirror image. And uh, then as he died, 
the vault shook, the ceiling collapsed, blocking the way out. The walls collapsed and shattered. You realize they were just mirrors. This isn't a room full of treasure. It's a room with only one piece of treasure, the perennial crown. The crown then speaks to you and explains that uh, its name once was Odho, Odho of Bopan, and she and her... uh, uh, buddies, back in the day, they sacrificed themselves to try and put this uh, horrible being, the thorned monarch, Quixal, uh, to bed. And by trapping her soul with a, within this crown, it would seal uh, Quixal. But because the vault has been opened, he has arisen. And so you got to get out of here. So you're trying to find your way through the like tunnels that have been made during the collapse. And you finally come upon a sewer and you see King Wabikis and two of his royal guard. But they got a crazy look in their eyes. And Odho explains, Quixal's influence is growing and it has poisoned the mind of the king. He is lost. Do whatever you can, but try not to kill him. Well, you killed two of the guards and now Wabikis is laying out some serious damage. Balthazar has him grabbed but you are torn between trying to save yourselves and save the king. And that's where we pick up uh, today. I believe uh, we ended on Rufus of Opara's turn. We're just going to jump right in because there is a lot of ground to cover, uh, both literally and figuratively. Now let's go into Champ's turn. Oh, shit. It goes right to me. Right to you. I should have told you before the session started. You really should have. You know it takes me long to analyze my turns. (laughs) You are about, uh, what, 20 feet away uh, as the crow flies to the king. You could go through and around the pillars because there's a lot yeah. of stuff there. What do you want to do? Uh, Champ is going to go around to uh, flank him uh, with a double move. Okay. And um, <clears throat> He's flat-footed, so he can't take an attack of opportunity if he had one. And uh, Champ is going to try to, yeah, incapacitate King Wabiki. So he will uh, make an attack here. Oh, boy. Um, Don't kill him. I, You know, dude, I, there's nothing I can do. I'm just going to swing. We'll see. <laughs> like, Wait, I, how, much, how much damage have we done metagaming? How much damage have we done know. to King Wabikis? I don't know because we played four months ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, believe I don't remember either. Done. I can tell you. I, that's fine. I can tell you because if this was a normal session, you still wouldn't know. Nobody tracks this stuff. But about 24 hit points. Okay. We've done about I, 24. I bet he has 50 to 60. Okay. So then I'm going to swing away. Let me and ask I'm, you this. Do you think there are people who play who are like there's one dude in the corner that's like, all right, that was seven hit points. Yes, I do think that. <laughs> you think I that? I do think that. Yes, because they're in our Discord and they let me know. that's true not only do they do that in their game they do it in our game yeah Yeah. I I remember when we were in like high level play in Giant Slayer and your monster just wouldn't go down it was pretty easy to remember because you'd be you would call out like oh Baron did like 150 points 50 points of damage and I'd be like alright that was 100 and then this and then I did like 60 and you did like 80 I count for all of them yeah Yeah. I don't write them down but I'm I'm always counting kind of to get a sense of Anyway, for this one, I'm swinging away, and I hope I crit, and I hope I kill him. There we go. Case AC is lowered. Uh, I I spoke too soon. Uh, that is a 28. That's a critical hit. God damn nice. it. Nice. <laughs> oh, shit. God damn it. That is a non-lethal critical hit. Champ that Conley, is, is regicidal it not, maniac. It's not long. It's not long. Not, it's not long lethal, is it? It's not <laughs> non-lethal because you just used your sword, right? You didn't take the circumstance penalty to 
You didn't use... But you, I also want to say something. Yeah, please. Yeah, I'm sorry. Troy is in control of this game. He... That, it is by the book. How dare you put this on me after you just critically hit the king? <laughs> by the book, the GM, any uh, creature, monster, enemy, by the book, can follow the dying rules. They don't have to immediately be permanently dead at zero HP. Just saying. Sure. If this is something that could happen, it could happen. But so, default, they are dead at zero <laughs> HP. Default. Yeah, by default. Yeah. Yeah, by default. Uh, all right, so I did um, 20 points of damage. And then, uh, doesn't this thing, uh, actually, I think it's just, um, oh, yeah, on a crit, it deals 1d8 persistent bleed. Oh, no. <laughs> Joe. 1d8 persistent Joe, why? Why did <laughs> yeah. you do this? Because why? he's Chad, man. He's just Matthew, a skeleton. Matthew Chad literally said, Matthew was like, hey, do non-lethal damage, and you went in and you critted with a bleeding, a weapon that <laughs> You like went right after him with a straight razor. But remember, <laughs> this one's on me. <laughs> yeah, I had the option. Well, the persistent bleed is going to kill him anyway. It's just uh, like a unless... samurai movie. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it's like Sanjuro. Is just like... Oh, God. Yeah, so this is pretty bad. Uh, but he's also, you know, look, Champ is, uh, he's mad. He's, he's mad. He's, he's tired of these people uh, just turning on him uh, because, and remember, he's burning alive. So now Champ is going to take 1d6 persistent acid damage, uh, which is going to be six points of acid Ooh. damage. Oh. Apparently rolling rocks to start the session today. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll roll a flat check, uh, and that is a failure. So he's, he's burning alive. His bro- okay. his bones are withering away in acid. I love persistent damage more than I've ever loved any rule in the history of games. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because you don't have to do anything. You just set it and let let us be eaten alive by set energy. it and forget it. I like it when it happens to me too. It's fun. It's it is very very scary and very freaking deadly. I, <laughs> I really like it too. It's awesome. Uh, all right. Well, the king is bleeding as we move on to Karazor's turn. Uh, Karazor, now I can't actually see Foundry right now for a myriad of reasons. <laughs> okay. Uh, so <laughs> how far am I from? Uh, all right, so from where you're standing, you cannot see the king, but you do know that uh, basically Champ uh, moved around the uh, pillar that is up ahead, and the and you would assume that the king is right on the other side of the pillar. Now, to get to him, if you wanted to get right up to him, you could move straight up 25 feet just through Balthazar and through Velfrex and Bob and be uh, adjacent to the king. Okay. I am going to do that. Okay. I'll move you there. I am going to do... No, okay. So I I can do a non-lethal power attack. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't I think you have to have a non-lethal weapon so for example you'd have to like oh. drop your sword and use your fist which right. is why I didn't do it it's not like it was just a choice I don't think yeah I'm just gonna I'm gonna take a hand off my sword and I'm going to punch him okay uh, uh punch oh wait power attack punch him or yeah just power punch. attack punch and you will take a minus two penalty t- oh no you're a fighter so you're trained in unarmed attack you're an expert I believe actually uh, all right. Oh, I'm sorry. So it's, yeah. All right. So it's, it is just a minus two. You can use any weapon that doesn't have the non-lethal trait for uh, minus two to the attack. 
That's what I figured. But you yeah. just decided to pierce. You just decided to stomach. stab him. Through. You decided to run him through. <laughs> just cut him up in like a taunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, we already killed the guards. What, what? His life's more valuable than the guards? No. Yes. Yes. Specifically, the crown told us to keep him alive. Champ doesn't believe in that. He thinks uh, all uh, mm. Fey are created equal. That's good. What did you roll? Uh, all right. So this is the. Uh, that's a seventeen. Seventeen is a hit. Okay. All right. So that would be. Uh, that is eleven points of non-lethal damage. Okay. The king goes unconscious. After uh, Champ's hit, he had one hit point left. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that would have now been I- straight to dying, too, if you had just done one more point of damage. <laughs> or two more points. Mess, Joe Bryant. <laughs> Dude. All right. You know what? This is so typically exactly what would happen to me. Also, when when have you ever heard of Troy's character having an AC of 17? Anyone he puts out has an unnaturally inflated AC. You act like I make up the AC. You do. You have to. You did it in the last session of Side Quest Side Session where you were playing the level 7 version of the guide. You were like, oh, yeah, yeah, whoops. That was a long time ago. And, uh, Wait, that's did we kill this inaccurate. guy? Did we kill him? Uh, right he, now he is he, unconscious, but he's bleeding out. So he I might will die. move him in the initiative order. Yeah, we ha- we can we can do. Uh, uh, he's got to ris- save. He, I'll he, do some risky surgery. Well, well, let me ask this: Does Karazor have any actions left? Uh, no, that was it because I moved up to him, and the power attack was two actions. All right, it would have been Wabigi's turn, but uh, let's play this out here. Balthazar, you are a barber, uh, and it is your turn. Um, <laughs> all right, so I'm going to do oh, battle but, medicine. Yeah, but Wibikis won't take his bleeding now because his bleeding. Okay, he's here's bleeding. a question. Actually, uh, you might be better off with first aid if you have you have medicine, right? I'm a barber. Okay. Yeah. You might be um, better off to administer first aid to stop the bleeding because okay. if you manage to heal him, like he's still just going to start to take that persistent damage. Well, that's what I was going to say this Battle medicine func- it functions as treat wounds, and will- treat wounds can stop bleeding as well. So, does battle medicine stop persistent damage? I guess no, because battle medicine is not treat wounds. It just works like it, but it does yeah. not count as treat wounds. Yeah, I think you just have to do first aid. Right. This again, is this is the DC other reason for first aid. Uh, it it's going to be the DC of the effect that caused the bleed. What we just said on fodder is that this coup. Oh, right. That this Kukri has a DC of 22. But Troy can make it whatever he wants. He can also adjust the DC if you're like, I have bandages. I'm stopping bleeding. Like, you know what I mean? It's pretty straightforward. I've taken everything into consideration. I feel like it's a DC 22 check. <laughs> All right. <laughs> DC 22. I feel like it's your classic but, DC but 22. Troy, but Troy, Matthew has bandages. I have bandages, Troy. <laughs> I had bandages. I you attacked him with a bloodletting kukri. <laughs> <laughs> what if I'm I have Neosporin? <laughs> you have selected Regicide. You have selected Regicide. If you know first... the name of the king or queen being murdered, press one. Uh, 19, which is a fail. Uh, let me roll again. I'll, do all, you, I'll spend all three of my actions trying no, to do... No, it takes two actions. All right. And, and he doesn't take any damage where it wasn't a critical fail. All right. Well, then I will do battle medicine. You can do that. Yep. Uh, crack die. Okay. That actually would have gotten me the first aid. Uh, that succeeds at battle medicine. 
So he's going to get 2d8 back. So he gets 14 hit points back. (laughs) All right. I'm going to say that that alone is enough to uh, sort of meet a a middle ground where you're going to be able to find a way to stop the bleeding and keep him from dying. So if we're all trying to stop the bleeding. Meanwhile, meanwhile, just just stand it back, champ. (laughs) Champ is just licking the blood off the cuckoo with a purple (laughs) tongue. And his guards are just bleeding out on the floor, and we are ignoring them. <laughs> yeah. Because their lives are meaningless, Jared. Their lives Only matter not. the royal life matters. Yes. They weren't anointed by God. <laughs> they're, not, they're not political figureheads that could, whose disappearance could bring the entire nation to its knees. The, uh, the guards had clubs and saps and crossbows. Um, I will say that the uh, king had a plus one scepter which functions as a club, if anyone would like to upgrade their weapon. Nice. Uh, steal, if you'd like to steal the uh, King of Bobon's like weapon. St- steal the royal scepter and beat on the subject. <laughs> as you yeah. carry the incapacitated bloody king to the surface, wielding his magical scepter. You're welcome to do it. Good. Uh, yeah, so uh, we, we, yeah. We, we, we bind him, and uh, Balthazar will be happy to carry him if no one else wants to. Okay. All right, so you, you've got the king, and you're, and you're looking around, and uh, Odho uh, speaks up, and she's like, good, good, it was good of you to accidentally not kill the king. Um, <laughs> despite but, your best efforts. Despite your best efforts, it is, I'm glad sorry, that the king has survived. <laughs> it's the heat of the combat. You know, when, at the training, you can't stop it. When the training kicks in, just... I understand. It's in his bones. So <laughs> you could say. You must understand, so long as Quixal's influence is directed upon Bopan, the people of Bopan will suffer. I imagine others are facing the same fate here as Wabikis and his guards. And then she lets out like a long, deep sigh. And she says, I believe the best way to draw the thorned monarch's attentions away from Bopan would be to take the perennial crown far away from the island. This would force Quixal to spend uh, time and energy uh, attempting to locate the crown once more. As long as it rests here, on the island, it is within their grasp, and they will stop at nothing to take it back. The crown must leave Bopan. I'm just imagining this, the, the conversation we're going to have with the captain of the boat when it arrives. So it's like, yeah. So we broke into the vault. The which Forbidden is only, Vault. The Forbidden Vault unleashed an evil force that's been laying dormant in there for centuries, nearly murdered the king, and stole the, the, the crown that was in the within the vault. And did and murder the royal guard. And mur- murdered the royal guard, and then tried to flee... Because the crown told us to. Yeah. <laughs> that, it's it's got to get off the island. It's the safest thing. <laughs> crown so talks. That's the story you're going to go with. I mean, at the end of the day, you were tasked with finding out what happened to Selmius Foster, and now you have that information. And in the pursuit of that information, you did uh, unleash this curse and awaken this god, <laughs> basically. Um, what happened to Selmius Foster? He was killed for attempting to break into the vault. Um, he was like uh, executed. Like he was he like was hung. executed. He yeah. was he was dipped into a. I can't remember if you got this information of Lelgeshen or not, but it's not like 
game-breaking if you didn't learn it through roleplay. He was uh, submerged in a pitcher plant, um, like a plant oh. that, whose uh, stomach was filled with acid. And he yeah, was like, I don't think we did learn it. I don't think we did know that. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think did. you did. And That's it, a cool detail, fun, though. It's fun to tell you now because you, you didn't find it out. Uh, but yeah, he was submerged in a pitcher plant that had a, just acid, and he was just dissolved. That's but you know, the st- the story, you know, the one thing, Logeshin, uh, despite uh, turning on you, did let you know that, like, they didn't steal the princess. The princess went of her own accord. The Bopanese, Bopanese history is trying to like rewrite it to make it seem like the Pathfinder Society is evil. They came in here, stole the princess. No, the princess was trying to open up Bopan to the rest of the world. Um, but in so doing, uh, she she uh, put these other the Pathfinders in danger. And Selmius was caught. The other one ran away with the princess and uh, ended up starting a new life together in Galarian. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but going back to our earlier conversation of our 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 youths and the way that we grew up, it's a different time. It's <laughs> a different time. Uh, did you any of you see the meme of like the trauma of kids that grew up in like the eighties, basically? And uh, with the, th- I think it's three pictures, and you just made me think of one of them, which is the shoe in Roger Rabbit. You remember when he oh, kills yeah. the shoe in the acid, like burns yeah, it alive, yeah. and it's like screaming. It's like that, and then it's Atreyu and the horse. Oh, of course, like the horse, Atreyu and the horse screaming and trying to pull the horse out. And then there's one other one. I can't remember what it is, but it's like this is what they did to kids, like in the '80s, and like children's entertainment. And this is why we're all messed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like these horrifying, twisted things to put in front of a kid that we would never see in a movie yeah. today. <laughs> that never-ending story is probably the main reason that I kill horses. <laughs> <laughs> Was the but third I, one Willy Wonka in the in the tunnel? I, I don't remember. That I'm was terrifying. I'm terrified. That being terrifying. <laughs> Augustus Gloop falling into the chocolate and getting sucked up the tube was terrifying. I'd love yeah. to show my kids Willy Wonka, but I can't. That's can't the 70s, it. right? I think that was 70s. That yeah, was 70s. Uh, it's definitely. Yeah, I think it's definitely those three movies that are the reason all you 80s kids are fucked up and not anything else. <laughs> That's it. Nothing else bad happened. Nothing else. That was just one of many things. That was mostly it. It was the Roger Rabbit shoe. It was the oh, no, wait, wait, shoe. Do we do we believe this crown? I guess we do. This crown is has not has not lied to us so far, right? Right. You may even re- Renaissance motive on her before. I mean, this yeah. this was hundreds of years ago. Her and her fellow Bopanese sacrificed themselves to try and contain this uh, quicksal, this thorned monarch. It just feels like a a, a stopgap to just get it off the island and have quicksal still running around. Yeah, Let's, it definitely is a. A band-aid on the situation. Let's Once again, destroy we, the crown. Let's, yeah, uh, I, can we just destroy the crown? Rufus is like, we have to destroy the crown. No, no, that will make Quicksal more powerful than ever. Just stop saying such things. You would destroy me as well. What or if we Otto have the dragon Popan. use dragon fire to burn the crown into into nothingness? Belthrex and Bob, I command thee, melt <laughs> this crown into a golden ooze. <laughs> and Belfax and Bob spits fire all over the crown. It lasts for too long, and he stops, and the crown is untouched. Oh, I told uh, you. Belthrax and Bob idea. says, Belthrax and Bob says, the crown has plot immunity. <laughs> <laughs> Belthrax and Bob speaks. 
She's like, no, you don't understand. If it was so simple just to destroy the crown, do you not think that we would have done that instead of sacrificing our lives? Do you think this was just a simple plot hole? It must no. be taken to the fires of Mount Doom, <laughs> whence it was, it was born. More crowns will be made. How long do you think it would take, Quixal, to get the crown if it was at the bottom of the ocean? That is a fair question, and I know not the answer. But for now, it must leave Bopan. His influence is strongest here. Once we get it off, I imagine you will be able to connect with uh, your contacts and have greater resources uh, than the simple uh, fey people of Bopan have. And together, uh, you can devise a strategy to uh, put Quixal to rest forever without having to make the sacrifices that I made. Take it back to the Pathfinder Society and put it in their great vault and let me be found again. It'd be like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, I do not know what the Pathfinder Society is, but if they are a, 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 a righteous group um, who, uh, who is very powerful, uh, then yes, the Renio Crown should be in their hands and as soon as possible. Yes, but what do you need, Karzo? You brought us here. Well, what do we need to fight this... What's his name? I forget his name. The, um... Nikesor. Nikesor, yeah, Nikesor. Yeah. Or we just steal the crown away from him so he can't have it. Uh... I... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm really badly hurt, also. I'm... Very badly hurt, so oh, maybe uh, not the best guy to ask. Forgive me. Moment. Would you like some risky surgery? No, get that. Oh, I also have persistent damage. Like, are we going to hand wave? Yeah, it? You... sweet. Thank you, Troy. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, wait, oh, your persistent acid damage. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Rufus walks up to the crown and he goes, "Then let's get this thing back to the Pathfinder Society." And he picks it up and he's like, "Ah, it's still hot. Ow, it's still hot." <laughs> <laughs> Um, can you guys heal up here uh, before you uh, try and find the surface? You can actually see in the open wall up ahead, uh, the wall that Wabikis and his guards came from, that the Sewergs have been exposed to the surface uh, after the collapse. Um, but you also see uh, what looks like bodies uh, like choking the uh, stone rubble leading Ooh. upward. Um, you imagine it must be the bodies of innumerable Bopanese citizens who happen to be walking above when these shocks hit. It's just like it looks like dozens of bodies and body parts sticking out of Ugh. rock. Um, but it, if, if it does go up all the way to the surface, it looks like it's pretty easily scalable. Oh my god. We're responsible for a massive loss of life on this island. I'm sorry! He falls down <laughs> on his knees in front of the bodies. I killed you! <laughs> it was me! I'm sorry! Balthazar, too, feels guilty because normally this kind of... In, in, in Balthazar's dreams, this kind of mass destruction is all brought about by his direct hand and not by something he did that caused something. That's just, that's just poor form. We climb out. <laughs> Though I do, uh, yeah, I I need about twenty minutes, and then I'm good to go. Okay. In terms of healing, I just need about twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. I need I need time. I need someone to do 
uh, treat wounds on me several times until they get it right, and then until they fill up my health meter. How long does that take? It would take hours. <laughs> so should we do it like? Should we just get you guys like good enough to climb out, and then assume we'll do it outside of the tunnels, and then assume we'll do it during the boss fight? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know what's happening here. I don't know. I, I, are we actually getting off the island? I, I don't know. But uh, it feels it like that's. It feels like that's what we have to do, right? It feels I, like I think so too. But if you want to like heal up to full or near full, it's going to be hours. So it's either well, we down have to here wait for the ship there. anyway. So I think yeah. I think let's, uh, let's heal up because I, I have a bad feeling about what's going to happen yeah. when we get upstairs. Let's spend the yeah, night I, down here. We okay, spend the night good. in this hole healing up yeah. and doing risky surgery. We'll make a protective wall of corpses around us so that we aren't bothered. Yes, we'll stack yeah. the corpses in a wall. <laughs> it's not crazy. I mean, obviously, time is of the essence here, and uh, Quixal is searching for for you, essentially, if you have the crown. Um, but you don't know what you're going to face above and going up there in a weakened state. Um, that's not going to help anybody and certainly not going to help Otto get the crown to safety. So let's just sort of hand wave a rest here. Um, I'm fine with that. Um, everybody's back to full, and you want to get all your abilities back? You want to do a full-on rest? Uh, I don't need it, but whatever you guys want to do. I don't need uh, a full rest if we, you know, just as long as, as much time as it takes to do treat wounds on everybody. Yeah, if I can yeah. get my health back to full, I'm, I'm okay. I, I have spells. All right, a couple yeah. hours is better than eight, ten hours, you would think. So, okay, great. Um, Balthazar uh, does surgery on you all. Surgery Thanks. on you all, and we'll say that even if he hurts you, he eventually helps you. And with a couple hours pass, and you're all back to full. Uh, That's, that was what was on Balthazar's business card back when he was uh, he was flesh and blood. Even if he hurts you, he'll eventually help you. It's <laughs> a weird thing to put on a business card. Um, you make your way to the surface, and the whole time that you're down there, kind of resting and recuperating, you're here. It's, you're still far away from the surface, um, but you just hear. Uh, it sounds like the sounds of war above. Oh, oh God. Re- really, really loud rumbling and screaming, but it's so distant, and you're like, we need to be ready for ever- anything. And this is why you take the time uh, to heal up. So as you make your way to the surface and back onto the streets of Hobodokuza, you are greeted by a horrific sight. Dozens upon dozens of Bopanese citizens are attacking their fellow citizens in a frothing rage as chaos and fire spreads throughout the entire city. Clearly, whatever affected uh, uh, Wabikis and his men is running rampant throughout Bopan as well. And you see people just like fighting in the streets. They're killing each other. Fey creatures, all wearing the, the, the garb of the Bopanese, fighting each other, falling to the ground, and the ground seems to pulsate as it, like, soaks in the blood that is uh, covering the earth. Um, Odho uh, speaks to you, senses this. You don't know if she can quite see or, or if it's just a sense, but she says, it is, it is exactly as I feared. Now is no time for compassion. The best way to free Bopan from Quixel's fury is to draw their attention elsewhere. The perennial crown, it must leave the island at all costs. 
And as she finishes saying that, in the distance, the sound of, of spells and clashing steel echo out from behind a, uh, a Bopanese inn uh, that thus far has been spared from the worst of the flames uh, that are quickly consuming the rest of the buildings here in Hobo Dakuza. You see the Capitol building. Uh, half of it is on fire and, like, singed all the way from the base up to the, uh, the big flower tower up top. Um, various fey-featured Bopanese civilians locked in combat, some fighting with abandon, their eyes blazing with that same fury uh, that you saw in King Wabiki's, um, while others are, 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 are unaffected by this, perhaps. They, they look like they're desperately trying to protect the, the frightened families that are huddling within this uh, what, what's left of the inn here. And while the sounds of the rage, chaos, and fire ring throughout the streets... A single voice rises above it all, and you hear, like, in the direction of the end, it's like, All the Pathfinder Society for Bopan! And oh, you look. Whoa. Oh, whoa. You look and as Kumrock Blackthane. He's emerges. made a landing? Oh, my God. And he's wearing his, like, signature <laughs> over the top diving armor. It looks like Jacques, Clu- Jacques Clouseau. Uh, what is it, Jacques Cousteau? Jacques Cousteau. Jacques Cousteau. He's got like. Jacques Clouseau. Jacques, I was thinking of Inspector <laughs> Clouseau and Jacques Cousteau. And it was Jacques Clouseau. It looks like he's got, like, this diving armor. It's his signature diving armor from back in the day when he was really uh, banging with the Pathfinder Society. And it glimmers <laughs> in the firelight of the burning buildings and he shouts as a, a, a as, as a group of sailors along with he charge forth uh into battle uh, against the people whose minds are trapped under the thorned monarch sway these people who are uh, approaching uh, those that are huddled in the inn and they start clashing with them and within seconds the tide of battle turns um and once that huddled group uh in the building uh, is safe uh what do you want to do? You're about 70 feet away, and it looks like they have stopped uh, these people from getting killed by the wild fae. What do you do? We we should run to him because yeah. he's the guy that can get us off the island, Yeah, he's right? got a boat. Yeah. All right, so do you make... Do we want to take the king with us? Or do we yeah. leave him here in, in some sort of safe place where he can be monitored by the unaffected Bopanese? If it's okay with you guys, I have Velthrex and Bob carrying the king... And Velthrex and Bob keeps, like, threatening to just kind of eat him a little bit. And I'm like, no, stop it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nibbling. Why yeah, would you just going to eat okay him a little bit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I imagine you're, you're, carrying the, you're carrying the king with you. I mean, you want to go talk to Kumrock and see if he has Yeah, we want to talk to Kumrock. We, we could get his opinion on it. But I think, I mean, I think it's totally an option to kidnap the king. Get him clear of this horror and then bring him back once the peace has been restored. Yeah, take him and the perennial crown off the island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so you uh, run up there, and uh, Blackthane and his men like turn on you. Uh, I actually have a cool image of Blackthane that I want to show you because oh. uh, what? It's like with his armor and everything. His signature diving, John. His yes. His this signature. seems impractical to wear diving armor into a ba- into a battle on land. That's really heavy. I'm never gonna find it. Um, but I'll I'll wait. Is this him? Yep. All right. Uh, there you go. Right there. Oh! oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that is this awesome. looks 
awesome. Is the <laughs> suede and the starfish part of his armor? Or yeah, just, that came with him. Uh, came with him. <laughs> that, like, my gosh. It's, a, it's an octopus. That's yeah, great. It's, it's really oh, wild. It's so it over the top. Does he have a familiar? An octopus familiar? <laughs> an octopus familiar. No, that just, they had to make uh, Doc a little bit further away, and he had to walk through, and an octopus must have clung to him and just octopus stayed on for the whole fight. What a when, cool piece of armor. That's awesome. Yeah, cool. and everybody who knows Kumarak Black. I kill him for the armor. I kill this, him for the armor. <laughs> this is like his jam. He always wears this. But he's kind of retired, but he's back in it. He must have rolled up, saw this, donned his armor hastily, and uh, jumped in the fight. You guys come up, and he turns and like with his fucking war hammer ready to strike you. And he goes, oh, what a relief it is to see your ugly mugs. When we came ashore, I thought for sure you'd perished either in the jungle or in this disaster. What? What the fuck happened here? <laughs> Such I a long story. We don't know. We don't know. This has nothing to do with us. I, someone said that the, the four of you entered the vaults and started this whole mess. I, I thought for sure that the tremors would have left you for dead. What is the truth here? Just a rumor that happens to be true. Now... I don't want you believing anything, everything that you hear, but that is true. <laughs> you shouldn't anyway, believe everything you hear, but but that is true. That does we, happen to be true. We have to get this crown off the island. island. And he looks at the king. He doesn't understand what the crown is. He's like, is that the king of Vopan? Is he dead? We saved him. Did you kill the king of Vopan? Look, again, We've there are a lot him. of rumors flying around about whether this is the king or... This is the crown. Again, yes, both true. <laughs> so wait, do you mean to abscond with the king of Bopan? What, what is happening? Well, we could leave the king if we th- you think that would be politically expedient, but the crown is definitely coming with us. What yeah. crown? I don't even... What are you talking about? And the then crown? just take out the crown and raise it up in the air, and then if light bursts forth from it, and the armies all melt to nothing. Uh, <laughs> all buffet. the Bopanese civilians just <laughs> melt to the ground. <laughs> all the <Bopanese> civilians die. <laughs> they all and melt Quixal like knows exactly where it's at. Put it away! <laughs> uh, you pull the crown out, and the crown does... Wasn't Karzor wearing the crown? That's how, he's, that's how Otto is talking yeah. to him, right? Yeah, I think I was wearing the crown. All right, so maybe you stowed it during all this of this. This is the new king of Bopan. <laughs> yeah. You better bend the knee. <laughs> the Otto speaks up and says, Hello, Mr. Cumrock. I am Otto of Bopan. What your friends here say is true. They are, in a way, innocent of this disaster. It is this crown that your friend here wears... Uh, within which my soul is housed. And as long as the perennial crown lies here on the sands of Bopan, the island is doomed. This destruction, this terror you see around you belongs to an ancient enemy of ours known as Quixal, and they will stop at nothing to find this crown. We must flee, and we must take the crown away from here. And, And yes, take the king as well. Your friends were wise. They did everything they could. To, to murder him, but yet he lives. And so we should take him away. And he is strong of constitution. Uh, bring bring him back to health, and then one day perhaps we can return with the crown. I know not. We, we'll figure it out later. Yes. And, yeah. For now we have to get on the boat. We can give you details as we get free, but we have to go now. All right. Uh, Black Thane's like, all right! Uh, and he shouts to the crew of the unsinkable, waving his warhammer. 
And he's like, now that our ambassadors to Bopan, referring to you, have returned, that means everyone is accounted for. We need to, we need to do what this magic tiara said, and and head to the docks, head to the unsinkable, and leave Bopan behind uh, for now. Uh, by Grandpa Blackdane's burning cock, I do not like <laughs> abandoning the people of Bopan to a city in flames and full of bloodthirsty fey. But, but we are not equipped to deal with the threat that is looming over this island. And then perhaps, perhaps the crown is right. Uh, leaving may be our best option of, of getting that thing uh, to leave the Bopanas people alone. Because we can't cause trouble. It can't cause trouble here if they're too busy chasing after us. And then there's not like- going to be... Does it feel like we already lost the adventure, but it's just still going on? <laughs> it does feel that way. <laughs> All of these people are dead. Yeah, we, like... we brought massive destruction to this this country that was yeah. otherwise okay. And yeah. now we're just leaving. Now we're going to yeah, leave a, a horrible stain uh, upon the Pathfinder the Society. Uh, but at least you found out what happened to Selmius Foster and uh, nothing about how this is connected to Nikesor at all. Um, but he's like, gather... Gather as many Bopanese people who are seeking shelter as you can. This fade piece of shit is not going to sink my boat. Quick. And uh, and uh, so maybe people start to gather. The Bopanese citizens hear him, the ones that were huddled in the inn and others nearby who have not been turned uh, like Wabiki's was turned. And uh, he, like, addresses them. He's like, listen, listen, you monsters. The Pathfinder Society. <laughs> the Pathfinder Society. Our society has not always done the right thing in the past. Torag knows I've passed on my share of ambiguous orders from the Ten, but I am not about to repeat the mistake of lesser venture captains. Bopan opened its doors to us, trusted in our word, and I refuse to watch its people burn because of some megalomaniac fay. The ground continues to shake. Gather your friends, your families, women and children, anyone who is free from this monster's influence, and then seek the Pathfinder Society at the docks. We must leave Bopan, and anyone who wants a place on the unsinkable can have it. Um, uh, we will lead the way, and uh, and, and our vanguard will uh, protect the rear. Um, any questions? Bring money. All the money you can carry. Yeah. Also, do we have space for all of these people? Because it feels like maybe 10 to 20 could come. No, any, we have, I have a huge boat. The unsinkable uh, <laughs> can fit as many innocent people as possible. And then he's like, oh, chimney cock. They're coming after us. And you turn and you just see these like little creatures starting to emerge from the ground. There's like thorns coming up and they'll blossom and turn into a creature. And he looks at the four of you. He's like, we are going to lead them to safety. You need to deal with that. And they start like (laughs) running towards you. And we'll take a quick break and find out what happens next. (laughs) So he's like, cool, cool. All right, come on, everybody, <laughs> women, we children, money. Let's money. go, <laughs> women, Don't children, get money. The money. <laughs> but uh, maybe Don't leave without us. <laughs> maybe he comes up to you uh, as they're like going off, and before you run off to fight these uh, creatures, and he uh, comes up to you, Karasor, and he's like, I, 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 I imagine if you have made it this far, that I will see you at the docks. But should the worst happen. 
Getting that crown away from here is my last charge as a member of the Pathfinder Society. And then I am retiring. I am done with this shit. So give me the crown. I will bring it to the safety or I will die trying. Uh, are you trying head. to uncrown me, the new king of Bopan? No, I am here. trying no, to do I'm one last here, good here's thing. Here's the crown. Here you go. I don't <laughs> care. I don't want to rule these people. They suck. <laughs> take it as far away from here as you can. And All take right. King Wabikis, too. Take King Wabikis. We don't want to carry him. Men, yes. grab the, the Bat King! And uh, his men come and grab Wabiki's body, just blood gushing out of him. I did risky surgery on him. He's fine. Keep him safe. <laughs> but so that our finest scientists may study him back in Absalom. Yes, we will do many tests on him. They take the crowd, Wabikis. Good luck! And they run away. Let's go to the map. Let's go out to the lobby. Boy, Let's I wish we had Grandpa Blackthane's uh, burning cock right now. But Grandpa <laughs> Blackthane's burning cock! We have <laughs> to get out of here! I wish he was so equipped. There is a small horde of bloodthirsty fae coming at you, pouring into the town square. Roll for initiative. Okay. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Uh, for initiative. Bam! For initiative. Boom! Uh, all right, let's see. Did I have an encounter set? No, I didn't. Okay. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Is Belfax yeah. and Bob out? I can't remember. Yes. He was carrying the king. That's right. You handed him over. All right, there appear to be four of these little uh, fae-like creatures. And uh, what did you get, champ? I got a nine. A nine. Champs Super bad. Balthazar. 20. 22. Oh, sorry. That's not my name. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, Balthazar? 20? 30, 20. 30, 20. Uh, Rufus. 22. 22 from Rufus. Carazor. Uh, 23. 23. Uh, all right. One of the creatures will go first. Which one is? The ones to the south here. <laughs> Runs up to uh, Champ with its first action and goes to swing a little short sword uh, at you. And uh, that is going to be a 25 to hit. That is a hit. All right. They're very small. It doesn't look like they're going to do a ton of damage. Uh, two points of piercing damage. And uh, then it will just <laughs> swing again and miss with the second attack. And now it's Karazor's turn. Uh, Karazor is going to step to whatever one of these creatures is closest to him. Okay. Uh, you could go to the one that Champ's fighting or go mano a mano with one by itself. Uh, if I can get into flanking with the one that's fighting Champ, I would do that. Okay, you can do that. Yep. Okay. One great. action he's, stride. It's going to come up behind him. So it's like, hey, think fast! <laughs> and power attack. Oh, man. Uh, that is a 31 to hit. Oh, <laughs> that is a critical my goodness. Hit. <laughs> oh, boy. This is going to be really, really bad. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Hey, think fast. So okay. Come on. Uh, Alright Uh Okay Uh Okay (laughs) 63 points of damage Oh my god You annihilate I mean it just (laughs) It is just a stain On the ground Yeah (laughs) Yeah. Splat 
63 points of damage? Yeah, because power attack is an extra damage die, and my sword is striking, so it's 3d12 plus 4. Doubled from the crit. Uh, amazing. Uh, stride, is power attack two actions or one? Uh, two. Two, okay. So now it goes to Rufus Oapara. Only three of these enemies left. <laughs> Help me out, for I don't see my friend Bob, whom I never dismissed. Ah, that is true. I will find him and bring you him can to put you. put him right beside me somewhere. Um, and uh, let's see. I will just, uh, let's see. There he is. Uh, hey. There, there he is. Hey. hey, boss. So I will act together. The first <laughs> thing hey, I boss. will do is I will cast Burning Hands. There you go. Uh, should I cast Burning Hands? These guys aren't that tough, are they? Maybe I should just cast... Some... No, I'll cast Burning Hands. I'll cast Burning Hands against the one that is far to my west there. Uh, and... Uh, All right, so you're going to go... Together. That is an act together with Velthrex and Bob. Velthrex and Bob gets a free action there. And he will move into he will move uh, adjacent to that creature as I as I cast burning hands on it. Okay. And do the flames go through him? Do the flames go through him? Through uh, reflection, Bob. Is it like a line yeah. attack, or is it just a targeted? It's um. Uh, you deal two d six fire damage to creatures in the area, fifteen foot cone. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. So you're gonna want. You, I think you can getting... send Velthrex and Bub over there and then attack uh, he, the yeah, ones That happens. He moves after I do it. Yeah, he moves after I do it. So 15-foot cone. I think oh, you get shit. me in a 15-foot cone. You no. just need to move up 15 feet, fire it off, and then Velthrex and Bob moves right after that. Yeah, 15-foot cone. You can, you can hit Balthazar perfectly if that was the goal. Um, <laughs> otherwise, the one to the north there, if you just take a step action. or you want to do that? Um, no, wait. Let's be, see. If you take a step, step action diagonally up. You will be able to attack the one there to the north. That's what I—that's what I meant the whole time, guys. <laughs> okay. Step Perfect. action, then act together, and the act together is first burning hands. Uh, it takes two d six damage. Is there a re- uh, save? I—I uh, I assume there is a basic reflex. Probably a basic save. reflex, John. Yeah. Uh, okay. Can yeah, you guys basic see- reflex. Yes. Can you guys see that cool template, the cone template? Yeah, it's awesome. That's That's really helpful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, That is a 12, natural 2 on the reflex. Wow. Nice. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Uh, Da, da, da. And that's going to be 9 damage. 9 damage. Okay, 9 fire. With my act together, I move Velthrex and Bob adjacent to that creature. So that Velthrex and Bob can do something nasty next turn. And that is my turn. Okay, love it. Uh, it is Balthazar's turn. Balthazar will then flank out to the creature to the west. Uh, he will first gorilla stance, and first action, second action, stride up to it, and third action, flurry of blows. Flurry Boom. of flurry of blows on the poor little creature. Okay, first attack is going to be a twenty-eight to hit. That is a critical hit. Nice. Okay. These are rocks. Robo punch. Robo <laughs> Like pistons. Uh, that is 18 points of damage from the okay. first fist. And then the second attack will be an 18 to hit. Also a hit. Nice. Um, I'm sorry. I said 14, right? 18. 18. It should be. Yeah. Eight, uh, I rolled. Hold on. What did I roll? Multiple attack. 
penalty. It was 28 points of damage. I'm sorry because of the crit. 28 points of damage? Uh, Well, then he did. Okay, great. He immediately did. Just another splat. Just boom, you punch straight through his torso. (laughs) Pull your arm out. (laughs) Awesome. All right. I was married. <laughs> Where's your wife? I say, cleaning the blood off I, my I, I have no sympathy for someone just because they're married. I yeah, know. I know. She can move on. Who knows? Maybe he was a shitty husband. Yeah, maybe the marriage wasn't going well, and this is yeah. a sweet release for both of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. This one down the bottom is going to. Uh, Oh, man, this is so lame. It's going to double move up to Velthrex and Bob, which will uh, provoke from Champ. Uh, I don't think Rufus has one, but Champ, do you have an AOO? Well, Troy, I haven't acted yet. Ah, yes, you haven't. Your thoughts? Ah, yes, we just discussed this in a uh, cannon fodder recently. This week? It was, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, uh... Yeah, I think you are ready to have this fight. You know, we we, meant, we were talking about how in the rules they say you don't gain your reactions. You gain your reactions at the beginning of your turn, and where you haven't acted yet, the beginning of your turn technically hasn't happened, but the GM uh, can rule that, like, if you're ready to rock and roll, you could do this. I'm going to say that you guys were fully prepared for this fight because Kumrock pointed them out to you, and you went in there ready to fight. So uh, take All right, so it tries to sneak by, and he will slice with his kukri at it as it passes 22 to hit. That's I'm a concerned hit. about how generous Troy is being right now. Yeah. Usually I allow this because I know Joe will miss, but he's proven me wrong with that hit. Ten points of slashing damage. Ah! Uh, all right, that sucks. But the reason he wanted to get flanking with someone is they do do sneak attack damage. So he's going to go after Velthrex and Bob, uh, which isn't my, no! f- my favorite target. Uh, but Velthrex and Bob is now flat-footed, and it's going to be a 23 to hit. Yeah, that hits Velthrex and Bob. All right. Also, so- Troy... Yes. Remember, the Tui Summoner is different. Any attack against Velthrex and Bob is an attack against Rufus. So you're getting them. Don't worry. It's true. It's true. <laughs> That's uh, true. All right. Well, it's going to be uh, three points of regular damage and then another four for sneak attack. So seven total damage. Seven total damage. Got it. To poor Velthrex and Bob. Uh, and he had to double move to get there. Took a hit on the way. And now it goes to Champ's turn. Champ's turn. Uh, all right, Champ will <laughs> close. Champ's turn. He says it out loud. He's like, Champ's turn. And then he runs up to the one that he just hit. Uh, he will stride up and will swing at him. 23 to hit. Yikes. And he will do eight points of slashing damage. Eight points of slashing damage. And then he will attack a second time. Uh, and that is a 17 to hit. 17, it hits exactly. Juicy! Oh, oh, oh. uh, and that is 11 points of slashing damage. And that one dies as well. Yeah! <laughs> Dude! Oh, we such a are bummer. saving these Bopanis. We are. They are so lucky we're here on this island and that we came in the first place. <laughs> I got one little jinkin left, and I'm going to lose my sneak attack now. So he's like, you killed my brother! And he strides up, uh, right up to Champ, and goes to hit Champ with a short sword uh, for a second action. Ooh, natty 19. Darn it! 28 to hit. Oh, really wanted to get my shield out, but I wanted that second attack. Um, Yeah, so that's a hit, not a crit. Hit, not a crit. 
uh, and you are not flat-footed, so that is just three points of damage. And then I'll try it again. Uh, 18 to hit with the second attack? Miss. Miss with the second attack. And then it goes to round two. Karazor, you are... Uh, you are. I'll tell you how far away you are. You could get there in thirty feet, right, uh, in attack range. Uh, okay, my movement is twenty-five, unfortunately. So I'm going to have to stride twice, okay, and use a single action attack, not a power attack. Uh, but that is a twenty-six to hit. That is a hit. Okay. <laughs> oh. Uh, but that is not, uh, it's underwater. 10 points of damage. 10 points of damage, and it's dead. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> we won! We beat the adventure! <laughs> and thus ends right. Side Quest Side Sesh Season 2. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Good night, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the Jenkin fight and the adventure. <laughs> creatures were known as Jenkins. Uh, all right, Jenkins? so... Jenkins, you you lay them out, and as you look in the distance, you see more of these thorns starting to emerge and blossoming. And you feel like you just got to fucking run. You've given you've given Kumrock uh, and the Bopany citizens and the Pathfinder sailors enough time to uh, get away. You feel like you can outrun these things. So, do you want to just start run to the, the docks? Boat. Okay, yeah, we'll run for the docks. Uh, all right, so you uh, begin running uh, in the direction of the docks, and uh, you see within minutes um, Kumrock Blackthane up ahead, his crew, throngs of Bopanese civilians uh, heading for the docks in the safety of the unsinkable. Uh, he, he turns, he's like waving them in. There's like a, a jungle here that leads to the docks. It's kind of like the city lies within the jungle. So you came through one part of the jungle, but they've got to go, you've got to go through the jungle again. And this just fucking madness. I mean, there's people ah, running around, there's shit coming out of the ground, there's these little creatures bearing down, ripping some citizens apart that didn't uh, make, uh, get up with the rest of the crew, and he sees you and he yells back, he's like, hurry my friends, we're nearly there! And as he says that, suddenly and without warning, the earth erupts beneath your feet, and it throws all of you to the ground. You you are laying there and you look behind you because this is where the, the majority of the noise is coming from and you watch as dozens of roots emerge, big, thick fucking tree trunk roots emerge from the ground like a hundred feet away and they emerge and start like weaving together to form a massive manifestation of a creature. It looks like a, a twisted thorn-covered butterfly standing over 20 feet tall and it just like bellows as it lurches towards all of the people are running it's like oh this big fucking butterfly and you just see black flame is like father of creation stand with us this day and suddenly like a group of Bopanese soldiers comes over and, and helps you to your feet there's a Bopanese man uh, sporting the finery of a, of a guard captain he comes up with his unit and, and he uh, lifts you all to your feet and he's like we will keep the creature at bay please just please get our people to safety our wives our children our mistresses Get them to the boat. It is of the most important. And he's like, men with me. And they just go, ah, charging towards this like Godzilla-like Mothra butterfly made of roots and thorns. And you like get to your feet and you start backing up towards Blackthane. 
and uh, you see them charging towards the monstrosity, and you watch them, like, chopping away at the roots, and it's not doing any damage whatsoever. Any superficial wounds they inflict upon the roots, you see, like, the wounds start to knit themselves together just as rapidly as they are uh, being cut open by these little tiny swords of the, uh, the guard. And then with a second blood-curdling roar, it just like goes, and a haze of thorns explodes from the tendrils of the butterfly and just skewers every single soldier that was standing before it. And it starts lifting the soldiers' bodies that are impaled upon these thorns and tendrils into the air. And you hear this terrible slurping sound filling the streets as the Bopanese corpses that are swaying upon the manifestation's tendrils like grim fetishes begin to pale as the creature drinks its blood, oh. gets larger and more powerful, and then it just bellows again. Ah! And then starts like flying towards you at terrifying speed. And we will see you next week. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, my God. Will. That is so cinematic and so that. terrifying. I won't fight it. I'm running. Yeah. I'm running. You, honestly, Troy, you did such a good job because you got me to the point where I was like, I'm not fighting it. No matter what, I'm running away. No, thanks. Good job. Scared us. We're good job, Troy. <laughs> Give up. Oh. oh, my God. Oh, What are we going to do? Oh. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit GlassCannonNetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at Patreon.com slash GlassCannon. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.